Welcome back to Lit Up With Lo for the second time this week. Thank you so much for your great reception to Wednesday's episode. The backstory for putting out more episodes is truly just having too many people I want to talk to. I found myself scheduling so far into May and I just... I can't wait that long. There are just so many incredible conversations I am ready to have. I would record every day if I could. That being said, just get so excited about what's to come. I have so many incredible female founders coming on the podcast. That was a direction that I wanted to go when I launched the show, but I feel like I'm having more and more founders coming on, which is pretty cool. Their stories are all so inspiring and really just bring out my entrepreneurial spirit. We're coming up on that one year mark of the beginning of COVID-19 and it's starting to really hit me, especially because I've been remote this entire time. I started a job the first week of lockdown and have never met my colleagues, have never been to the office. So it's starting to definitely wear on me. Having this podcast has just been such a lifeline, especially talking to people who are just so passionate about what they do, are so inspired to wake up every day and create. And I hope it's the same for you. I hope when you listen to these conversations, you're feeling inspired, you're feeling like there is something out there for you that will give you purpose and passion, because that's a big reason I started this podcast. I hope you're hanging in there. I hope you're finding the positives in what has been such a crazy year. I am always on Instagram at Lit Up With Low. If you ever want to connect, I will be waiting. Something else that has been helping me as of late, especially since I had my last drink in mid-December, is recess CBD drinks. So basically on a Friday or Saturday night, instead of having a glass of wine or a cocktail, I'm cracking open a can of recess and it feels like this little luxurious vacation that I'm taking myself on. I feel chill. I feel relaxed. It has 10 milligrams of CBD and it's just my like special treat, especially on these really long days when I just want to kick back and relax. My favorite flavor so far has been coconut lime, but I do recommend trying the sample pack because then you get to try every flavor before you decide which one's your favorite. The coconut lime tastes like a pina colada, so it's basically like having a drink, but with no hangover, and I feel more relaxed than ever. I have a code. It is lit up for 15% off your order on recess. Check it out. I love these. Let me know if you try it. Before I introduce this week's guest, I just want to remind you to please rate and review the show. It would mean so much to me and will really help the podcast grow. And if you want to stay up to date with everything podcast related, head to litupwithlow.com where I have all the information on every episode, including guests' morning routines. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter there and you'll stay up to date on all offerings and podcast episodes. Now for today's guest, I've been following her for a few years. At Rebel Nutrition is her handle. You may know her because she has blown up on Instagram recently. I think she went from 58,000 followers to 120,000 in just a couple months because she has hacked Instagram and hacked the reels and is just so incredible at making content. Her story is so inspiring. You'll hear about it in this episode, but basically she went from living in this 120 square foot tiny hut to selling more than a million dollars in her online courses and traveling the world full time for two years before settling in LA. 
She's the ultimate digital nomad. She has been my expander for so long. I even actually think I got the term expander from one of her webinars. Watching her be her own boss and even allow her husband to retire and come work for her business full time is just so cool to see. Watching her buy a house in LA, she has built this all on her own, starting in this tiny hut, which you'll hear about very soon. She has so many different funnels coming back to her business. She has a YouTube channel. She has TikTok, Instagram. She has a podcast. Her podcast is awesome and is actually one of my favorite shows. Her whole business is built on her courses, so much so that actually one of her courses is how to create your own online course. She is helping people become financially free through these online courses. I bought her online course. I also have Digital Nomad Nutritionist, Entrepreneur, and a couple other ones. I have her free human design course as well. She is incredible at making courses and doing her online course academy has really showed me how possible it is to create a course myself. I'm actually working on one right now. You're hearing it here first and you all will be the first to know when it's ready. As an affiliate of Online Course Academy, I have a code for $200 off if you're interested in buying this course and achieving financial freedom. The code is lit up. I'm sure after this episode, you're going to want to run to her course site. I have the link in the show notes and use the code lit up and you're good to go. And I cannot wait to see all the awesome courses that come out of this. It is passive income once it's ultimately created. And it's just such a cool way to get some side income or even to just go into course making full time. I love Amy because not only is she so pragmatic and business oriented, but she also loves human design and manifestation. So the more woo woo sides of business very similar to me if you know me at all. So of course we talk about human design. We're both generators, which is so interesting and cool. We also get into manifestation, things I've been manifesting, things she has manifested, and how even the language that we use in talking to ourselves has a, has a profound impact on the things we visualize and what ultimately comes into our lives. I love this conversation with Amy. She actually told me after the show, it was one of the most fun podcasts she's ever done because it was so natural and conversational and not just drilling questions, which I think happens at a lot of podcasts. So that meant a lot to me because I look up to her so much. Anyways, we cover so much in this episode, so let's get into it. Without further ado, here's Amy Tollefsrud, AKA Rebel Nutrition. It's good to meet you. I've been following you now for a couple of years. So to like see you in person is awesome. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that we've like built a kind of DM relationship over the years. And now we can actually have a conversation, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I know when you went to Hawaii at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, oh, man, take me with you. <laughs> I know it's really funny because I didn't when when we initially went there my parents had just moved there so my husband and I were just going as like a quick vacation this was like right before shit hit the fan with everything COVID and quarantine related and then we ended up just moving there so that was interesting <laughs> that was yeah that was amazing well let's take a step back like I, I'm sure a lot of people follow you but if you could just tell you like your story that would be awesome yeah, I mean, like my, just how I got to where I am with my business and everything. Yeah, let's go back to the tiny hut. Okay, let's go back. <laughs> we'll take it all the way back a couple years ago. Okay, so I started my business and I've been getting the question a lot lately, like, why is your name Rebel Nutrition when you talk about business stuff? Well, I started my business actually as a nutritionist, um, an FNTP, actually. I'm still an FNTP. I just don't practice it, which is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. But I started my business. 
um, seeing one-on-one clients, one-on-one nutrition clients. And at the time I was also still working another full-time job as a cocktail server, trying to build up my business, trying to make enough money to hopefully quit my serving job and go in my business full-time. I lived in a tiny hut at the time, which he must've been following me at that time. So I literally lived in a 120 square foot hut in Hawaii, which was amazing. I mean, it sounds, I make it sound very rustic and it, it really was. I mean, our bathroom was like detached from the hut. So that was interesting, but I mean, that's where I built my business. And I I like to tell that story because I like to show people that like, I also started at absolute zero. I had no money to outsource anything. I really had to learn how to do everything myself. And from that point of seeing one-on-one clients and working a full-time job, I was like, this is not sustainable for me. There's unless I unless I am working 24 hours a day, there's no way that I'm going to be able to make the amount of money I need to be making to pay off my debt, move out of this hut, <laughs> start traveling the world, which was my dream, and go full time in my business. So what I did at that point was instead of um, trading time for dollars and continuing to see more and more one-on-one clients, I turned a piece of what I would take my one-on-one clients through into an online course. And my hope with that was like, I can help 10 people or a hundred people an hour with my online course rather than trade, you know, an hour of my time for a set amount of money. Um, so that was kind of my first, I, my first dipping my toe into like passive income and scaling my business. And the, that first online course launch, it wasn't huge, like, especially compared to, you know, what the numbers that I see now, but at the time it was enough for me to like replace one month of my serving job, what I made with that. And so I was like, you know what, this is my opportunity. I'm going to take it. I quit my serving job and I went all in on rebel nutrition and just started pumping out courses and doing more launching and building my audience. And it really has just snowballed from there. So I'm trying to cut this story a little bit shorter, but then at that point I um I was able to quit my job. I was able to retire my husband from his job with the money I was making from courses and then we started traveling. This was obviously pre-COVID, but now we live in LA and I can't wait to travel again. <laughs> I love your story so much. It's so inspiring. Um how did you end up in the tiny hut to begin with? Well, so with so let's rewind a little bit more when after my husband and I got married we found ourselves in like we were both just working regular jobs nine to five jobs I was actually a personal trainer then so I've gone through a lot of jobs Um, but we were in debt and we were just like we need to figure out a way to manage our finances while I started my business um, because we weren't making very much money and I was like okay what is the best way for us to like basically save money so we can save up. I can quit my job and go full-time in my business and then start traveling. So we started getting really into like minimalism and just living really minimally, basically downsizing to the smallest place that we could find, which happened to be 120 square feet. Um, And it was, I mean, it was honestly great because we were paying such a little amount for rent that it, it really helped us to Um, minimize the amount we were spending on like just I mean you know how it is when you have when you have a lot of space you end up filling it with shit you don't need Mm -hmm. and so I really do appreciate that time of like living as a minimalist and not buying anything that wasn't necessary and being able to pay off debt and it was just I mean it was quite an experience I have to say (laughs) (laughs) and where was it in Hawaii yeah it was in Hawaii yeah Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, you're not the first person I've heard talk about that where like they were writing a book. I think Sahara Rose like moved to Bali to write her book because she was like, I paid nothing in rent. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a great option for anybody who, whether either if you're like at the beginning stages of becoming a digital nomad or you want to work for yourself, you kind of, because what I find a lot is that people get stuck in, like say they're working a nine to five job and they have this set salary, you kind of get stuck in that because then you take on, you know, bills and mortgages and all of these things that you, unless you, you either find a way to make more money or get rid of some of those expenses, you're never able to quit your nine to five job because you're kind of stuck in that cycle. So what we did was like, how can we like take away as many expenses as possible so that we can build up our savings and income and allow me to go full time into my business, which was the ultimate goal. So yeah, it's definitely a good option for anyone who's starting their business who wants to be a minimalist. <laughs> oh, totally. And what uh, made you decide to go to the FNTP school? Well, I was looking into a couple of different options. So I looked at IIN. Um, I looked at another one. I think Bauman was the name of it and Nutritional Therapy Association. And I liked that the Nutritional Therapy Association was mostly online, but then at the time, so this was a couple years ago, I don't think they do this anymore, but at the time they had a couple in-person sessions as well. And so I really liked that I could do most of it on my own time, but I still wanted some of that in-person interaction. Um, and I just liked their, their whole philosophy. Um, yeah, I just, I, I honestly, I loved the program. It was great. Did you go to IIN? I did. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, and you liked, how was your experience? Did you love it? I, yeah, I loved it. I mean, I was something I did like at night while I was working. Um, but I've always have been like attracted to your courses and your philosophy because I find that the one-on-one -on -one coaching is draining as well, especially because I do have a full-time job. And like, I, I did try with a couple clients, but I was like, I just been working all day. It's now it's hard for me to like give my hundred percent to this client. Um, so I've gone, I haven't like finished a course, but I've like gone back and forth um, with a few of your courses and just trying to figure out like what that can look like for me in the future. Cause I mean, I am still working full time. Totally. I mean, I'm not going to lie with a course. It's definitely something that can be challenging to stay committed to. You really have to like believe in the end result. And so that's why I try and share my story a lot is because I know when you're going through like creating the videos and creating the course content, it's really hard to stay motivated. But if you can just stay connected to the end result, which could be like you being able to quit your job, you being able to have the freedom to travel the world if you want to do that or pay off debt or just leverage your time. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me. Like, yeah, the money is great, but I just like to be able to do what I want to do every day. Like <laughs> I'm not, you know, booked back to back to back with one-on-one -on -one clients because that would truly be exhausting to me. Not that I don't love people, but I just don't have that kind of energy. I'm definitely an introvert in that way. So yeah, so, so am I. And I, there's been a couple of things that I've just have noticed people come to me a lot for, and I'm taking note of that. And I'm was thinking like, Oh, maybe I should start some coaching, but the thought of it, <laughs> is draining. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like so many people feel like that, but then some business coach or some, somebody out there told them that they had to see like a certain amount of one-on-one -on -one clients mm -hmm. before they can t create a course. And I just don't think that's true. I think when we tune into what we actually want, if you are an introvert or if you're somebody like me or you, it sounds like, you know, already in your heart, in your soul that you don't want to be seeing one-on-one -on -one clients all day. I think that's the only information that you need. And if you know enough to see one-on-one -on -one clients, then you know enough to make a course. Yeah. No, I love that. And how did you, like, did you find something about the courses online? Like what made you realize, oh, this is like, this is the way I have to go. 
You know, I can't remember exactly, except that I went through so many, so many different options. Like I, I remember at the time, cause this was years ago. So this was like online courses. Nobody knew what the fuck an online course was. <laughs> so it was like, you know, people were saying you could make money through like affiliate links or through ads on your website or, um, becoming like an influencer. There were so many different or working with brands. There were so many things and just none of those really felt right to me because I wanted to be in control of like when I worked and what I talked about. And if I wanted to pivot, I wanted to be able to do that. And I can't really, I honestly can't really remember like who the first person, I think it might've been somebody like somebody really big, like Lewis Howes or somebody who had an online course. And I remember seeing it and being like, oh my gosh, I have no idea how I'm going to do that. But that is the thing. Like, that's the thing for me. (laughs) So it was, I mean, after that, it was a lot of Googling. It was a lot of YouTubing (laughs) the answers to everything. Cause I really, I'm not a very tech savvy person naturally. I mean, I've obviously learned a lot in the past couple of years, but when I started, it was very, very challenging for me to learn. Yeah. Oh, same. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, How did you find like your niche for your first course? Because I know that's something you talk about a lot. Yeah. So my niche for my first course, because my first course was a nutrition course. And what I found was that a lot of my, when I was seeing one-on-one clients, a lot of them were coming to me for similar similar concerns, which is kind of funny because they were similar concerns that I also personally had had, which were over-exercise, under-eating, lack of a period, hormonal issues. So I kind of fused all of those in together, together those topics to into like what I thought was kind of a more sexy phrase, which was adrenal fatigue. So I marketed that first course as an adrenal fatigue course. So for women who had overexercised, been under eating, maybe like dealt with a lot of dieting in their past, things like that, and basically restoring their hormones again. Um, so, so I honestly, I just did, it was a, the way that I thought of that niche was a combination of what people were coming to me for and also what I had been through personally. So I think this, that's a good takeaway for anybody who is thinking about creating a course that maybe hasn't had a lot of one-on-one clients. Think about something that you've been through personally, because even if you're like, oh my gosh, like, I don't think anyone else has felt these things or has gone through the things that I've gone through guaranteed. If you have gone through it, there's hundreds, if not thousands of other people struggling with it right now that you could potentially be helping. Yeah, no, I love that. That's so true. And so jealous that you like lived this digital nomad life. I feel like a lot of people are trying to do that this year, um, just because we're all remote. Um, do you have any like tips on like how you made that work and continued to you know run your business? Oh my gosh, it was. I mean, honestly, I'm so glad that I did it when I did because obviously, if if we had waited a couple years, then it would have been a lot harder. Um, but yeah, I mean, tips. I think the main thing. And I say we because it was my husband and myself who were traveling around. But we, um, I think the main thing was like just researching places beforehand, making sure that like we could find places that had um, good Wi-Fi. I mean, just like the basic things like that, because when you're running an online business, I definitely didn't work every single day. I mean, a lot of people ask me like, how did you stay motivated? I honestly didn't work every day. I think when I was, when I was traveling, I probably worked maybe four days a week um, and just kind of scheduling out those times and researching like, okay, where is there a co-working space? And Bali was a great place for that. I mean, there's lots of great Wi-Fi and co-working spaces and it's very cheap. Um, But I mean, pretty much everywhere. We went to a lot of places in Europe, Southeast Asia, all over the place. I mean, I never had a problem finding good internet. So it's really accessible these days, which is, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite place that you went? Oh my gosh. Just 
different places for different reasons. Like I really liked Bali just for the ease of working, like work-life balance there. It was really easy to go to a co-working space, work on a course, go to a cool cafe, go to the beach. Like there's just a lot of different things and you could rent an entire villa like with a pool for like $50 a night. It was insane. $50 US. Yeah. It's insane, especially if you're on a budget. But then, I mean, I would say my ultimate favorite. I love Europe. I love mm-hmm. Paris is like just such a magical city to me. So I really love it there, but I never oh, get yeah. any work done when I'm there. So <laughs> it's not the best for like long-term, but <laughs> for vacation. Yeah. And that's so, I, I think it's so awesome that like you and your husband were just like, so on the same page about this too. Like that's, that's really special. That's very cool. I feel really lucky. I mean, it definitely had its challenges. I mean, as you can imagine traveling with your spouse and working with them and like not and basically just living out of your suitcase. I mean, we did mm-hmm. it for almost two years that it has a lot of challenges, but in the same, on the other hand, it's also very bonding. Like you, it's such an experience to go through and just the, some of the, some of my favorite memories are like in weird countries that we like, didn't know what was going on or where we were. And I'm like, yeah. those are, those are the things that I'm going to remember. Not like when we were staying at some bougie hotel in Paris, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Totally. <laughs> Did you have that conversation before you got married? Like we want to travel, like we should make this part of our life. We did, but I don't think either one of us ever expected it to be the way that it turned out. I think we, I imagined like, oh yeah, we're going to work normal jobs and then like travel, you know, once or twice a year. I never even considered myself to be an entrepreneur or to be somebody who wanted to start a business. Um, But I'm so glad that I did now. But it's also good to know that like, you don't have to grow up in like an entrepreneurial family or be super tech savvy. If you, if you want the things that an online business or, you know, being an entrepreneur can give to you, they're really accessible to anybody, especially Mm -hmm. these days, which is cool. Oh yeah, totally. I have to ask, what did you want to be like when you grew up? You know what? It's funny because I never really knew, but the only thing I remember is, so I have this funny story. My dad, like I, when I got my nose pierced, I think I was like 15. And then I also got a tattoo when I was like 18. And both times he was like, you're, you're not going to be able to get a job with those. And I just remember being like, dad, if I can't get a job for having a nose ring, then it's not the job for me. Like me, my little attitude 15 year old self. And I was like, I was really right though, because mm-hmm. I was, I always knew that like, I wasn't going to do a nine to five job. That just wasn't right for me. I wasn't going to do something like where I was going to be in an office all day, even though I didn't know exactly what that meant. I just knew that I was going to kind of make my own way in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Did you ever have a nine to five? Um, So when I was a personal trainer, I had worked my way up to be like the fitness manager. And so at that point I was, it was like eight to six. So, and that was just like the death of my soul, to be honest. I was like, I can't do this. I'm so tired. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get you. What what did your husband do before he joined Rebel Nutrition? Um, He was in retail management for a long time. So pretty much the whole time that I had known him up until the time when my courses were making enough money that he could quit, which was awesome because the entire time I had known him up until that point, he had worked all holidays. He had worked like Black Friday. And so I never really saw him over the holidays. He was always working on Christmas. And that was, again, one of those things that just like is so life changing to people. Like if you're able to create that kind of freedom for not only yourself, but your family too, it's, it's just like one of the things I'm most most grateful for. for oh, sure. absolutely. And, and do your skills like complement each other? 
They do, which is nice. So he does a lot more of like the analytical side, like he does my Facebook ads. He does a lot of like the tax and finances and more backend stuff that I don't want to do at all. <laughs> like I'm much more the creative face of the business and he kind of does more of the backend stuff, which is really, really helpful. Yeah. Oh no, that's amazing. Um, how did you guys meet by the way? I don't think I've ever heard you talk about that. Yeah, I haven't really. Well, it's not like that good of a story. I mean, I guess it is now because it's different than the way that people meet like these days, which makes me sound so old. We met like 12 years ago, but I was just, we were just in college. We met at a college party and yeah, the rest was history. That's great. No, that's <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. That's like the old school way. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, it's really funny because we, we actually became friends first. It wasn't like I saw him and it was like immediately we're in mm-hmm. love. We actually just became really good friends for a couple months before we started dating. And I'm just like, it's, it's crazy to think about just how we would have never met in like today's environment I guess just because both of us are really shy like I would never approach somebody in a romantic way and he wouldn't either but because we met in like sort of a friendship way first it was able to develop so yeah I'm glad that we didn't have to meet each other during like COVID times that would have been really hard oh my god I know I'm like I'm so grateful I'm taken yeah <laughs> how did how did you and is it your boyfriend or husband Beyonce well we Beyonce, met okay. we met um in law school but like there was no connection whatsoever. It was like I was t- training him to replace me as like managing editor of this journal, and it was like very professional. And he thought I had like a stick up my ass, <laughs> and I thought he was way too cool. And then like literally a year and a half later, I was like looking for a new job and saw um, he worked for this partner at a firm that I knew, and I, I was just like, oh, I have his number. Let me just hear about the job like it was totally networking and um we met at a bar we were watching football with his friend which like in retrospect that was kind of more of like like a meet cute rather than like a professional networking event um but yeah we just like never talked about the job and now we got engaged last fall so oh my god congratulations <laughs> that's so I, lo- I love you. hearing about how people met and I'm just I'm a romantic lately Me I have too. to confess I've been watching um married at first sight oh have you ever watched that? No, but I love reality TV. Oh my God. It's like, it's the best, but it's the worst. I just, I love trashy, trashy television, but it, it's actually just, I don't know. Some of the stories are just very interesting. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. We just finished. Well, it was my second time watching it through, but my fiance wanted to watch it, like rewatching Southern Charm. Oh yeah. I love that show too. I haven't watched it in a while, but anything on Bravo is just um, a gold, golden. Oh, uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Those are my girls. Yeah, me too. Well, I think Beverly Hills are actually my favorite because I live near them. But mm-hmm. yes, New York is a close second. They're they're just not like real people. No, absolutely not. And now Bravo's talking about like bringing a lot of them to an island together or something. Have you heard about that? No, but I love how that's like the go-to of like every reality show. I know. Like, okay, it started this way. Now let's bring everybody to an island. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really good point. I never thought about that. See what happens on the island. That's so funny and true. Um, were you born in Hawaii? Speaking of islands? Um, no, but I grew up there for a couple years from like ages eight to 11, I think. Um, I was actually born in California. Oh, okay, cool. Because your parents are in Hawaii now, right? Yep. Yeah. So awesome. they, we've all just moved around a lot, which I think is what has made me always so nomadic just to begin with is that mm-hmm. my entire life I've moved around like every couple of years. So it's never, I guess it wasn't that hard for me to just up and like sell everything and and start traveling or move move again move to Hawaii move back to LA (laughs) yeah seriously when did you decide it was time to come back to LA and like you're done with travel 
Um, yeah. So when we, it was after, it was almost two years of being a, like being and living as a digital nomad. And I think towards the end, Eric, my husband and I just both got really tired. I mean, I think anyone who's ever, it's, it's hard because it's so, I like to always give the positive with the negative, like traveling the world and living out of the suitcase. It, it is like one of the coolest experiences you will ever have. And I recommend it to anybody, but at the same time, there's a lot of stressors with not having a home and not knowing where you're going next and not knowing how to speak the language, not knowing how to use your cell phone, like that you don't necessarily think about before you're in it. And after almost two years of that, I was like, I'm so tired. Like, I just want familiarity. I want a home. I want to like have a normal schedule, like somewhat normal schedule, you know, wake up at a certain time and not be jet lagged. So I think at that point I was, we were both kind of like, let's, let's settle down, get like a lease for a year or so and just see how we feel at that point. And I think I'm still kind of loving that feeling of having a home. So I don't know if I would ever want to do it, like travel full time again, but definitely travel, you know, a couple times a year, I think is the ideal for me at this point. Oh yeah, totally. And how did you pick LA as your final spot to go to? Yeah, exactly. Honestly, people ask me that a lot because especially when we moved here um, after being in Hawaii, people are like, oh my gosh, why would you move from Hawaii to LA? I personally love it though. I just, I love, I love the energy of the city. I love, um, I I can't really pinpoint it. I almost feel like because I was born here or something, I have this like connection to it that even my husband, Eric, doesn't necessarily have. I mean, he likes it here, but it's not, I like love it here. I could see myself here for the rest of my life. And I have no really reason why other than just a feeling that I get, but um, yeah, I love it. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, I also love Hawaii. So maybe back and forth would be the ideal, but sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say my uh, fiance went to UCLA and like went to boarding school in LA and like, has family in LA. And so, and he's like totally over it. Like I, we were, we moved, we moved from New York, um, last fall. And I was like, maybe we should think about California. He's like, Nope, I'm not doing LA. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's funny. That's what I, that's what I hear a lot from people who have lived here like a long time. They're just at this point. Cause I, especially 2020, I think so many people left California and they were just like over it. And I guess I could see if I had lived here my entire life, maybe I'd be like, okay, I'm ready for something new, but because I've just been all over the place, it's kind Mm -hmm. of, it's, it's a really good melting pot of a lot of different things. Like you can travel easily from here. The weather is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots to do when things are open, you know, good restaurants. There's just, I don't know. It's a oh yeah. Mixture. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Where in LA do you live? Uh, West Hollywood. That's awesome. You guys got a house, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. We got, we really awesome. lucked out because especially in this area, I mean, there aren't a lot of houses with like fenced yards. So we definitely, definitely lucked out and got a puppy and she runs around in the yard and it's just, it's the best. Oh, that's amazing. Your puppy is so cute. I'm obsessed with her. Like I've literally never loved an animal more than I love her. That's awesome. Um, so are you working on any new online courses or like, what do you do? And then that question. And then also like, what do you do when you're not working on online courses? Yeah. So at this point, I'm not working on any new courses. I have, I have like three or four that I actively promote. Um, and they are, they are all evergreen now, which basically means that they sell passively. So I'm making passive income from those courses and I've set, set up the systems for them to work that way. So basically my, my main goal every single day is to create free content. Usually that's on Instagram in the form of a reel, or I'll make like a podcast episode or a YouTube video. But I, I spend majority of my time now creating free content to grow my audience and then sending those new people that come into my audience 
to, you know, one of my courses or to one of my free trainings that it's kind of like a whole system. They go to my free training. I capture their email. They watch the, they watch the, watch the training, learn something valuable. I give them a lot of free content. And then if they decide that they want to enroll in one of my paid courses, then they have the option to do that as well. So it's a lot of systems. It's taken a long time to get them all set up that way, but it's really nice because now I basically, you know, all of my courses are selling all of the time. And so that's now something that I teach other course creators to do as well. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's an amazing system because I follow you on Instagram. I've watched your YouTube. I've listened to your podcast and it's always, I love that nothing's sponsored. It's always just referring me back to your own, your own creations. Well, I love that too. And I love telling people about that. I get the question a lot. Like, do you make money from your podcast? And like, I do not from the typical sense of like, you would think a brand is reaching out to me and doing an ad on my podcast. I'm basically promoting my own stuff and it works. It's basically an ad to my own courses. So it's a lot more authentic in that way. And it's also something that people with small audiences can start doing as soon as possible, even before, you know, you're big enough to have a brand reach out to you to do an ad. Like you can just do them yourself if you have something to sell, which Mm -hmm. is I think a really smart idea. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, have been thinking about that a lot with my podcast, like how else, I mean, I'm not monetizing it. I haven't had a sponsor yet, but like, how else can I monetize it? Totally. Yeah. And there's so many, so many creative ways. Like if you are able to think outside the box, like there's so many different ways. And I honestly think that if you have an online course or any sort of online program, you're actually going to make a lot more money promoting your own thing than doing an ad for you know, a brand that's going to pay you like a couple cents per listen or whatever. It's like, it doesn't end up being very much same thing with affiliate links. Like those are great, but ultimately like they're, unless you have a massive audience, it's not going to be enough for you to quit your full-time job. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and I've noticed you had a real glow up recently. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Cause like, I, like I said, I've been following you and all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, she has so many followers. <laughs> It's insane. Oh my gosh. I like, I can't even, and it's funny because when I first started doing reels, I was losing followers. Like I probably lost two to 3000 followers when I first started doing reels. I was like, wow, guys, this means people must really hate my content, but I was having fun doing them. And I was like, you know what? This is fun. And I haven't been this excited to create any sort of content, especially on Instagram in like years. So I'm just going to keep doing it. And then I had one or two that just went viral and, and reached like over a million people. And I think that's when I really saw the potential of like the, the reachability of reels. They aren't as like, obviously Instagram is really promoting them. So anybody who's doing reels are, you're most likely going to reach a lot more people. And so that can mean that you lose followers, but it can also mean that you gain a lot of followers. Yeah. I think I went from like 50 something thousand to now almost 120. That's wild in, I don't even know, three months. Like that's insane. Cause it took me like almost 10 years to get to (laughs) 58,000. That is it. Well, congratulations. (laughs) Well deserved. Yeah. I saw, I mean, that's crazy. You're now already at 120. Cause I just saw you post that you were at 100. I know it's insane. And it's like, I am even more shocked than everybody else about this. so I'm like, I don't know the only thing I can say. And I made a little, it's a short little reels training on like how to create a reel if you need the step-by-step, but I just really encourage anybody who wants to grow their audience to test out reels. And also don't be discouraged if the first couple is like (laughs) you're losing followers or they're not really reaching people, you get more comfortable, you get better and you'll learn like what works and what doesn't if you keep creating them. So Oh, totally. Yeah. What were your viral reels? They were the first couple ones that went viral were about, um, 
using Canva. So it was like really simple tricks that I used when I was starting my business and I couldn't afford to outsource. I would like use Canva to make um, on-brand photos by like removing the background and just like putting my face on like a pink background. Um, And I was like, that's something that I think would be valuable to people. So I turned it into a reel and that one I think had like over a million views. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll keep doing Canva tips then. Yeah, no, I love your Canva tips. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you kind of have like this whole like how to run your Instagram like business going now too. It's not, I, I mean, do you do any nutrition stuff anymore? I don't do any nutrition stuff anymore. And it kind of, the reason that I transitioned, because I get this question a lot, like why did you, why did you completely transition from talking about nutrition to business stuff? I think that I had gone through a lot of my own nutrition and health struggles. And at the point that I decided to transition over to talking about business, I was just really tired of talking about nutrition with people. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of a, like a feeling that a lot of practitioners that have gone through their own health struggles get to. It's like, okay, I think I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm healthy and I don't know if I want to be thinking about that as much anymore. So it, in, in a way it was kind of draining too. Um, to be talking about like really serious health struggles with people all day long. Um, which I mean, I am so thankful that there are people that want to do that because obviously people need help. But, um, for me, I just felt a lot more excited to be talking about business and, um, yeah, switching over to that. It just shows how you can pivot so easily because I mean, your name is still nutrition and yet I don't even think of that. I think of, Oh, I like, who knows what's going on with all these new Instagram changes. I'm going to go to Amy's page. Like, <laughs> oh, thank you. No, well, it's true. I, I think that is a good point though. I mean, people ask me a lot, like, okay, I, cause I think this happens a lot. People start their business on one topic and then a couple years later they've grown and changed and they want to talk about something else, which is totally normal. And I get the question a lot of like, how do I do this? And honestly, like, don't think about it, just do it. I think just one day I was like, you know what? I've had some people asking me about online business tips. Would you guys be interested in this? And then I just slowly started talking more and more about that. I didn't have any sort of content plan. I didn't have it structured. I didn't, I didn't plan out like, this is what I'm doing for the next six months. I just did what I wanted to do and nobody was confused. I mean, everybody understood that I was transitioning. Now it's obviously part of my story and I have to continue to say like the nutrition comes because I was a nutritionist, but um, at the time, like people weren't like, what, you can't do that. I'm unfollowing. Like nobody really cared. (laughs) Right. If it's, if you're providing valuable content, people are going to stick around. Like, yeah. And I mean, and if they don't, then like, that's fine too. I mean, it, you don't, if they don't want to be watching your stuff, I mean, I'm sure we've all unfollowed somebody who we no longer resonate with, or right. we just don't, we're not interested in anymore. And it's not usually personal. So. Yeah. I mean, people move on. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> know, grow and change and like, yeah. that's what we should all be doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so I also want to ask you, I know you're big into like manifestation and human design. Um, can you talk about that a bit? Yeah. I mean, so I, I love, I love human design. It's not something I, I dabbled in it for a while. I did like a certification and learned a lot about like reading charts and stuff like that. I didn't ever think that I was actually going to be like a chart reader. I just really wanted to understand my own chart because I think it's so fascinating. Anybody who's listening who doesn't know what human design is like, just, I think it's mybodygraph.com. You can put in your your name and email or not name and email. I don't even think you have to ask your name, but I think just like your birthday, Mm -hmm. the place you were born and the time, and it will pull up your chart. And it is just so fascinating. And (laughs) you've done it before, right? Yeah. And I've read a book on it and like literally, so I read my chart using the book and every single thing 
was spot on. Like it was creepy. And I was doing my fiance's at the same time. And I was just like, it knows us. Like it's, it's crazy. It's like astrology, but more specific. Mm -hmm. What are you? A generator. Okay. Me too. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I do actually, I have a couple of podcast episodes on it where I'm like interviewing other people who I think are more of an expert than I am, but it, it's just so fascinating. So yeah, I've been really into that. And I, I do sometimes still talk about it, but not, not a lot because I just, I started getting a lot of questions that I was like, I have no idea. It's so complex yeah. and I don't even like my knowledge kind of just scratches the surface. So, um, but yeah, I mean that in manifestation, I think is huge for me. I think because of where I came from as a minimalist and like being a mega budgeter for a while to get out of debt and like quit my job, it kind of, that obviously was helpful for me and like the goals I wanted Mm -hmm. to achieve, but it also kind of put me in a mindset of lack. And so as I've really grown and scaled my business and continue to make more money than I ever imagined I would ever make, I've like had to really change my mindset around that from a place of like lack and not enough to abundance. And there's always more coming. And I never, I'm very specific about the words that I use. Like I will never say I can't afford that or that's expensive because it's just, it, I think the words that we say are so important. Like you're basically creating your reality. So I'll say and said like, oh, that's a luxury item or that's not a priority for me right now. Doesn't mean that I like, if it is out of my budget that I have to go buy it. It just means like, I, that's not a priority for me, for me right now. Maybe I'll get it later. And just like being really aware of the negative thoughts that creep into your mind, because I think we all experience those, whether it's around money or whether it's around your business success or something else entirely. But we get to decide if we're going to take action on those or if we're even going to believe them, like that's up to us to do. So I think that's that awareness is the key. That's great about the word choice. I never thought about that before. Um, We do something where we will drive to this area called Paradise Valley in Arizona. And it's just like, it's Paradise Valley. It's like a state. They're just obscene how like massive and gorgeous they are. But instead of being like, oh, we'll never be able to afford this. We call it like touching the dream. It's an Ed Milet concept where you just like, you're like so close to your dream that you're just like, it's like you're already going home to your estate. But we're never like, we're like, we're going to live here one day. Not like we'll never be able to live here. Gosh, that is amazing. I love that. I do this, a a similar thing when I'm on Zillow, I'll like look at, and this is, it's so powerful. You guys, like what you're doing, especially if you can go in person, but then just pay attention to the thoughts that come up when you're in paradise Valley, looking at those houses. Do you, Mm -hmm. it's very subtle, but it's usually like, do you feel like, Oh my God, I could never afford this. Or do you feel like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be possible for me one day. Because even just like, dipping your toe into that feeling can really change your future. I think. Totally. Do you have like a manifestation technique that you do? I mean, not, not really one that I do every single day. I think one is just like being really, really aware of the thoughts that I'm having. And I think it sounds so simple, but feeling good is everything. So if I'm like, if I'm in a spot where I'm just like the things that I'm doing throughout the day are just making me feel really drained or really negative or the people that I'm around are bringing me down or the shows that I'm watching are making me feel sad or whatever. I am very careful about what I surround myself with and the things that I do and the people I'm with, because the way that I feel is everything. I think the things that you manifest in your life truly come from the feeling that you're generating yourself. So if you can 
I mean, and that's not to say that like you never have bad days because I definitely do. But for the most part, if you can bring things into your life that feel good, you know, being outside, taking a bath, getting a massage, like smelling essential oils that you like, whatever it is that can truly change the manifestations that you bring into your, into your life in the physical form, I think. No, I agree. I think it goes back to human design too, just like learning about yourself and what you need. Like when I realized I was a generator and my fiance is a projector, I mean, the conversations that have been able to come out of that, like the things we've been able to set up in our home because of that, like he needs time to like his projector time, he calls it, where he can just like go and just like be alone. Like I don't, I didn't understand that for, I mean, we've been together for years and I never understood that. I'm like, why can't we just sit here and talk all day? Like, cause that's, I'm a generator. I could do that. Totally. And so then now it probably gives you such a different perspective of like, oh, this isn't personal. He just needs Mm -hmm. to recharge his own energy and he can't do that when I'm around him, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's, I I feel like some of the stuff that, that human design teaches you specifically as it relates to relationships is life changing. Mm -hmm. Or even the fact that like, as a generator, I can go all day. And I used to think that was like a weird, like, why am I doing so much? Like, why can't I just slow down? But you know, I have the permission now to like never slow down if I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, as long as you have the energy for it, like keep going. And I think that's so interesting too, as a generator and the more you tap into, because for me now it's become so obvious when I'm doing something that's out of alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing. It's like immediately I will not have the energy for it. And I know that if I don't have the energy to do something, then that means I'm not supposed to do it. And just giving myself permission to listen to that and be like, oh, okay, cool. Well, this isn't aligned with me anymore. So I'm going to go do the things that I want to do that light me up and give me energy. Yes. Oh my gosh. When I learned that, I was like, I need to like revisit my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, totally. Or even having to like sleep on stuff. Like I'm as a generator, like I need to, I can't make a decision right away. Like I need to sleep on it and come back the next day. I, my life is like turned around since doing that. Oh, totally. I'm the exact same way. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, do you know much more about like the, the profiles or the anything like that? I know that I'm a one three. Okay. And honestly, I'm kind of forgetting the other stuff. There's like so much. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm sure anyone listening to this who doesn't know human design is probably so lost, but it it gets, I mean, it's so interesting. You will truly go down a rabbit hole Mm -hmm. if you start to learn about it. Where did you get your certification? Um, So let me think of the name of the, oh, I can't remember her name. I think it's called like human design for everyone or her name is Karen Curry, I think. I think that could be cool just because, yeah, people either people think it's weird or like, is that astrology? I'm confused. Or they're like, can you tell me more? And I don't, I honestly don't know that much. So yeah. Yeah. I know. I wish I knew more. Cause I, once I like want to interpret everybody's chart, but then I'm like, but I don't feel like I can, I'm going to just start blabbing at you and you won't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. Have you had your chart read? Um, I have, so I had Wendy Weeks, um, who also has a certification. I had her on the podcast and she did like an interpretation of my chart, but it was kind of more, like teaching like telling me what was in my chart but in a way that would apply to anybody listening Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like a true one-on-one but it was still really insightful have you uh no but now I want to I do too (laughs) 
I do too. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's super cool in business. I had someone on the podcast, um, Helen Hall. She's the founder of Blender Bombs, and she uses human design like when she's forming her whole team. Like if she has oh, someone cool. as a projector, she puts them in more of like a leadership role, which I think that's really cool. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, we've t- we've covered so much. There's just so much to talk about with you. Oh, thanks. I know this is. So really, I can't believe it's gone by really fast. I know. Um, well, do you have a morning routine? It's like my last one of my last couple questions. Oh my gosh. I'm going to be the worst. I don't really, I mean, okay. So this is what I'll do most mornings. I wake up. I'm usually really hungry, like right when I wake up. So the first thing I'll do is eat breakfast, have some coffee. And then I usually will, um, I, I batch my reels, like my, all of my social media content, usually like once a week. So I will post something at like eight or 9.00 AM. Cause that's when my audience is most active. Um, and then usually I will right after that, um, do like I'll chat with my personal assistant or my my business. She does like personal and business assisting, but we'll kind of chat about a plan for the day. Um, and then I'll usually do like a workout and then get into work for the rest of the day. And then I usually am done by like four. And I like to try and carve in like an hour of just self-care, like something that I, I want to do for myself, whether that is like, go get a foot reflexology, which is my absolute favorite thing as of late, or like read a book or sometimes just like watch a show or snuggle with my dog, like just carve out time to just enjoy my life, I think is like really important. So, so important. Sorry, that was like my whole day, not my morning, but no, please. (laughs) I, I, that's, you know, the first person to do that. Let um, me just tell you my life story real fast. Yes, please, please. <laughs> um, do you have a go-to workout? Um, so lately I've been doing the Apple Fitness mm-hmm. just from my iPad. So you can connect it to like your Apple Watch and it is really, it's kind of fun because you can like track your workouts and stuff. I really like those. Otherwise I kind of just will go for walks. I mean, I'm not, I don't do anything too reg- regimented, just walking and then weight training a couple times a week with those Apple Fitness workouts. Yeah, I have to check that out. I haven't tried it. Yeah, they're re- they're really good. I like them. It feels like you're actually in a class, which is fun. Oh, that's awesome. Um, okay, and then my last question is, what is your gift? My gift, mm-hmm. just like to the world. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I I can't say for sure, but I guess my my hope is that what I can do. Like my hope with everything that I create and everything that I share is that it inspires somebody else to live live their dreams and live their purpose and do do things in their own way. For example, like we're talking about with being a generator, like not doing things that society necessarily has told you you have to do to be successful or that your parents have told you you have to do to be successful. Like if you follow who you truly are and the things that light you up, that's going to bring you the most joy and success. And so that's like really what I try and inspire with every piece of content that I create, whether it's like business or growing your Instagram, it all has a deeper purpose of like getting your message out into the world. So that's my hope of what my gift is. I don't know. I'd have to ask somebody else, I guess. No, I I would agree because I, I mean, I follow a lot of people and I like always reference you to my fiance. I'm like, Oh, look what she did. Like, look, look what she did. Like, it's so inspiring, even though, yeah, there's, I follow other inspiring people, but for some reason, I just, your stories always really resonated with me. I felt like I knew your story, like just, you would do a really good job of like talking about it. So thank you for that. Thank you. That means a lot. I appreciate that. Thank you. Of course. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was so great to finally meet you. Thank you for having me. This is such a fun conversation. I can't wait to share it. 
Thank you so much for listening to Lit Up With Low. It was such an honor to have Amy on the podcast because I've been a fan of hers for years. If you are so stoked on the online courses after listening to this episode, head to the link in the show notes for her online course academy. Use the code LITUP and you'll get $200 off your order. As always, if you're loving the podcast, please head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. This is how the show grows. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend and I will see you next week.